the Intersection Education Podcast. Schools are the place where different institutions, services, and societal influences meet. In other words, they're at the intersection of children's lives. In the Intersection Education Podcast, we speak with insiders and outsiders of the education world to try to gain new insight and improve our schools. Hello, and welcome to the Intersection Education Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Haley. Now, usually on this show, I have someone in the educational world, or not really in the educational world, who talks to us about topics that we think can help schools. Uh, We search a whole bunch of different stuff, and we talk about different aspects at that intersection of where all of these social constructs, all of these ideas come together, and that's at school. But today, to mark our 20th episode, I thought that instead of having someone nod, I do what I call a summary and review episode. This is where I talk about some of the main themes that have been talked about, that have been brought up by our different guests over the last 19 episodes. And I have to say, we have been so fortunate to have some wonderful guests. Before we actually get into some of those themes, I want to thank you. Um, we've been probably more successful than I thought we would be. Um, we have more downloads, we've had more feedback, and we feel like we're having an impact. And that's because of you, because of our listeners. You're telling us what you want to hear, and you're downloading and you're listening. So I want to really thank you. And if it wasn't for uh, you, who are listening right now, we wouldn't be doing this. So thanks. Let's get into our themes. The first really big theme that I think has has impacted this show and has impacted my my work as an educator is the idea of organizational structures. Now, what does that mean? That means putting things in place, putting habits in place, putting specified times and expectations in place for people to get better at what they do. I mean, this has been talked about in so many different ways. Uh, One of our first episodes, in fact, our first episode with Dr. Ryan Dunn, he talked about, we don't need a better what, we need a better how, which means that we get inundated with all this information. In fact, this show is a great example. If you want information, it is out there, it exists. But translating that into actual change of practice is really hard. Uh, our guest, Terry Lynn Guimond, she talked about that in the context of learning sprints. And I mean, she and I have had lots of conversations over the years, and she really believes that teachers want to get better. Um, I don't think that there's a certain, there's anyone out there that works in schools that doesn't actually want to improve their practice. But you know what? It's hard. Uh, there's lack of time, a lack of resources. And so we need these organizational structures, these habits, these things that we help one another do and times we set aside in order to get better. Christy O'Neill talked about this. Uh, Randy Hetherington, Dr. Randy Hetherington talked about this. And, And even Carolyn Cameron, she had a huge part of the interview where she was suggesting ways that especially school leaders can bring forward learning. And I know her line was, once the learning of the teacher stops, the learning 
of the students stop. Now, the big takeaway uh, is something like a learning sprint. And I I would recommend that people check this out. Um, LearningSprints.org is the website. And uh, I'm going to put this out there. I'm kind of hoping to get Simon Breakspear on this show soon to, to talk us a little bit more through that. I think this idea, again, of organizational structures, how do we set and put in place times, structures, so that teachers have the time to get better and they have the resources to get better and they have the support to get better. The next two, and I'll lump them together, even though I know there'll be some people that that don't like me to lump them together, um, themes are assessment and inquiry. And I know that they don't go together. I know that they are very separate. But in the conversations that I had, I saw a lot of links between the two. And that was Duncan, uh, Dr. Duncan Simons and Dr. Bronwyn Ryrie Jones. Uh, and now I'm putting Dr. Bronwyn. I'm not sure if she's quite done her dissertation yet. Uh, but, well, she's on her way. We'll, we'll give it to her preemptively, even though the university might not. Uh, I just loved what they had to say about assessment being real and inquiry being real. And what I mean by real is it is a connection and it is part of a conversation that we have about what good learning looks like. Sometimes students are leading that, but they're always a part of that, whether that's around assessment so that they know what is good work, what are we looking for. They're a part of that in assessment because we're using the student work to actually have the data that lets us know whether it is good or bad. And inquiry, this is the same thing. We are letting students lead. We're getting them engaged by following some of their passions. But the teacher is there to then pick the program, uh, the program of studies or the curricular objectives that we need to meet or that we need to talk about and doing learning on the fly, sometimes even outside in the area of passion. And I think that I was really inspired by those two conversations and I know that they are different, but they had a lot together. Um, next, another huge topic that, that we've spoken about with many guests is schools that are equitable and socially just. This is a big thing, I think, not only for our schools, but for our society. Um, We can get better at creating schools where there is an equal chance, and we say that there's equal chance, but there's not always an equal chance, and schools that better reflect our student population. And what I mean by that is that cater to the needs and the cultural realities of the students that we are actually serving. And I want to thank the guests like Dr. Amy Samuels, uh, like Felicia Oaks, like Dr. Natalie Kiefer, um, and uh, Dr. Valen Jordan, who all spoke at length about this topic and some great ways to actually make this come alive. Um, So things like... um, taking a bit of an audit of your school, um, looking at who is served and who is underserved, looking at who has voice, who has power, and who doesn't. And even sometimes looking at your faculty and saying, do our teachers reflect the cultural backgrounds, the cultural makeup, or even sometimes the ideas of our students? The other thing that I really appreciated was building the sense of community. 
So I know that uh, Felicia Oaks talked a lot about how do we build community, some strategies to get people together speaking, building relationships. Uh, And I know uh, Dr. Valen Jordan talked about getting into our community and bringing the school out so that then it can inform back, um, going to where the cultural centers of your community are and getting involved and speaking with people there. The next big theme that I want to talk about is, um, again, not necessarily something that I would put together, but I saw so many uh, things that were similar. And that was this idea of Indigenous education or having our schools reflect more accurately Indigenous ways of knowing. And also this idea of getting students outside into nature and having nature-based play as part of what we do. And that was Dr. Dwayne Donald, who spoke to us around Indigenous perspectives, but also Shala Piper, who talked to us about nature at school. Now, I didn't actually expect these two people to have so many things that united them. But if we're talking about land-based education, that goes very nicely and, and, and follows exactly what Shala Piper is advocating for. And that's getting kids outside, learning moving, uh, getting to know the things that grow around them, having them interact authentically and be curious about nature and knowing what this looks like. And that's exactly some of the things that Dr. Dwayne Donald was talking about. Not all, but some. Getting to know what surrounds you, understanding that the place where we live has, has, has sustained, not only sustained, has allowed people to prosper for thousands and thousands of years. And we need this connection back with the place where we are. We had one guest, uh, Dr. Nancy Wise, that spoke to us about language learning and French immersion. And we got a really good response from that. We, it's one of our most popular episodes. And um, although we were talking about language learning, and I think that she has a lot of good things to say about uh, equitable access to language programs, which I absolutely agree with. And things like how do we support all students to access these programs that we believe are a benefit, that we believe will give them a a leg up in the future. But what she was really talking about, I think, overall was inclusion. And the principles that she was saying or that she was advocating for in French Immersion should be the principles that we're advocating for everywhere in every single classroom. If you have a student who has a learning disability or who struggles, we should look to be supporting those needs. And that is exactly the message that Dr. Nancy Wise was 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 saying and giving. This doesn't necessarily uh, apply to French immersion and they have a little bit of a history because of the fact that it is a program of choice. So whenever things got tough, some people decided that it was better to, as she put, counsel out. But We face this reality in all schools, in non-programs of choice, in in just your average community school, we can't ask students to leave, or we often don't. There's less of uh, a cultural acceptance of that. And so many of the things she said about looking at how we can support needs, about developing some, now in Dr. Nancy Wise's specific case, um, some reading programs that allow students to... um, read well and have some support around that. Those are things that I think that we should be looking at in every single school. The next theme that I want to talk about is technology. 
And we had two wonderful guests, one from the University of Melbourne, and that's Dr. Joanne Blannon, but also one from the University of Portland, Dr. Eric Anktil, who spoke to us around technology. What's interesting is that although they are separated by half a world, they had a really similar message, and that was this idea that technology needs to be personal. It needs to do something that you are trying to solve. It helps just it has to try and help you to accomplish these things. It needs to connect. And I think both of them had a great perspective and some great tips about how to make that work. Both of them come and and yeah, are a little bit not trepidatious, but they are using uh, technology in well thought out ways. They're not holding back, but they're ensuring that every time they go forward, that they believe that this change is for something that is going to be an improvement, not going to be different. Um, I also really liked this idea that, I mean, things are going to be different. We have part of what they talk about with technology inevitably is change and the culture of change and how do we navigate change? And both of them, I think, had uh, similar perspectives and some great tips around what does it look like going forward? How do we navigate this changing world? And perhaps this just comes more into focus because we're talking about technology that is rapidly evolving, iterating, and changing. So I think that they were very conscious of that. I want to talk a little bit about health right now. And we talked about, um, I want to say, a few different aspects of health. Um, the first one that I want to touch on uh, was was introduced by, again, one of uh, a very popular episode. Lots of people wanted to download it. And that was Dr. Dean Krillars. He talked about physical literacy and talked about teaching kids basic movement skills so that they can be successful in whatever activity they engage in down the road and as they become adults. It really involved, uh, I, I thought, some some thought bombs to schools. So some of the main strategies that I will remember was he was advocating that no school should have extracurricular sports until they have an intramural program that is robust and includes everyone. I just want you to think about that for a second. If I went to some schools and said, hey, you have to get rid of your volleyball because you don't have access to quality physical education, uh, intramural sports for everyone who wants to get involved, they would look at me and they would be concerned. Uh, there are some people, both I think here in Canada and the United States, that that have a lot of their personal identity wrapped around extracurricular sports. And he's making us re-examine that. Um, also, the thing that I will remember from Dr. Dean Krillars is, uh, how do we encourage students to move at recess? Are we allowing them to take their devices so recess just becomes sit in a corner and, and be on their technology? Or are we encouraging them to move? Do we have people who facilitate games and movement? And I'm not sure we do as good of a job as we could in that regard. Now, Andrew Milne, who spoke to us from uh, the uh, Chicago area, not in Chicago, but around Chicago, uh, he talked to us about how we teach health. And they were very related because I think that Andrew Milne was speaking a lot of the same languages as, as Dr. Krillars. Now, where I loved about Andrew is he turned that into how do we teach? 
how do we go and introduce this information? How do we show students um, as they get older, what is a healthy lifestyle generally, not just around your physical health, but how do we get uh, knowledge uh, to make good decisions? What I really liked about Andrew Milne, strategy that I would like to try is these health assessments. What are the particular aspects that students are struggling with at your school? Um, he talked about his students not really having issues around, um, you know, smoking and whatnot, but perhaps alcohol was more of an issue. Well, if you have this assessment, then you can focus your instruction on the problems that these students are facing. Another person that I want to bring up because that's going in into all aspects of health is uh, Dr. Suzanne Squires, who is a family physician and who spoke to us a lot about mental health. She is, uh, I would say, a innovator in this area. She is coming up with practical solutions to a need. And I think that um, that's a bit more what we need. People who are recognizing problems and who are coming up with solutions locally developed, uh, but informed from larger research to to meet that need. And this uh, mental health youth hub is going to be very interesting, and I'm looking forward to following her progress on that. Now, you'll notice I didn't get into a lot of specifics from every single one of our guests. There's just too much here. Uh, 19 guests. We're talking uh, a lot of hours of audio. Now, one of the other things that I really do like is uh, some of the common questions that we give. Some of my favorite answers are to the question about what do you think about education that some other people might not necessarily agree with you on? And we've got some amazing answers. Most of them haven't been that controversial, I'll admit. I think most of us who work in the field of education or related to education often think similarly. But I think that that's often where we get some of the better responses. You know, things like, um, you know, the balance between relationships and academics. Things like building in uh, what is the role of school. So building in things like physical education or mental health or other aspects. Those are all brought up in that topic. The other question that we always ask is uh, a book or a website that, that they recommend. And we've been getting better at putting all that information on the website. And so I'm going to ask you to, to go back in and, and look at those if you're looking for some recommendations. Because every single one of our guests give a book or an article or an app or a website that's related to their topic or their passion. The other thing that I ask, and this is based around some of our guests, is how do you stay well? And some amazing answers, everything from um, some, pretty ver- some pretty physical answers about daily physical activity um, to some other things that are more linked to mindfulness and meditation. And then everything in between. Um, yoga came up a lot. Walking came up a lot. Um, physical activity came up a lot. Time with friends. And I'm going to encourage you, all our listeners, to think about what are the things that you do daily that keeps you well, so that you can go out there, go into your schools, service, uh, provide service to the people who are counting on you, and, and do a great job. So that's a little bit of a smaller episode this year, this week. I want to thank you again 
As always, please visit our website, which is intersectioneducation.com, and follow us on Twitter. That seems to be the uh, social media platform that we is easiest to use, and our Twitter handle is at intersectioned. We're always looking for feedback, so please send us an email. You can do that at uh, Corey at intersectioneducation.com, or you can send us a direct message on Facebook. We're at Intersection Education on Twitter. Um, or even on our website, we've got a form where you can provide feedback and we get a lot of our best ideas from those places. Lastly, if you ever have someone that you think it would be a great interview or has someone import something important to say about education, yeah, drop us a line as well. We're always interested in speaking to people who have something to say and that can improve teacher practice around the world for schools. I want to thank you again and, uh, look out for our next episode coming soon. Thanks.